Merry Christmas! Welcome to Adventist Voices Spectrum's podcast. I'm Alexander Carpenter. This week we're talking about music and the Advent season with someone perfect for the topic. Adriana Pereira is on the pastoral staff at Loma Linda University Church as the Director of Worship and Musical Arts. She was born in Uruguay and started piano lessons at the age of six. She continued her musical studies in piano, music theory, orchestral conducting, and composition in Argentina, Spain, and the United States, where she taught at Oakwood University and was chair of the Department of Music at Andrews University. Recently, Loma Linda University Church held their 55th annual Candlelight Christmas concert And this year's event included an original choral composition with us by Adriana Pereira and friend of the show, Nicholas Zork. Before we get to my conversation with Adriana, I want to remind you that Spectrum is in the middle of our year-end fundraising campaign, Grow the Vision, which is going so well thanks to so many of our generous friends. If you haven't had a chance to give, feel free to go to our website and click on one of those Grow the Vision buttons. And if you haven't given in a while, remember your donation will be doubled by our board matching grant. Thank you so much for growing the vision with all of us. Now to my conversation on music and the Advent season. Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget it. Welcome to Adventist Voices, Spectrum's podcast. I'm Alexander Carpenter, and I'm honored to be joined by Adriana Pereira. Thank you for talking with all of us today. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Well, it is the Christmas season and it's a time of music. And I think you're the perfect person to talk about the Advent season and the role that music plays. Given your background, tell me um, about how you live during December. Uh, I'm sure it's a busy season. And what is it like for a musician of your caliber? Well, um, I don't know if I'm the perfect person, uh, but but I know that musicians are very busy in this season, and and but we love it because Christmas music is is amazing. It's it's my favorite, and um, you can do so many things with those beautiful melodies and those beautiful uh, harmonies. You can uh, treat all hymns as new you can incorporate new music and and make it more symphonic that's our case here in in la melinda university church because we have a big orchestra so it's so it's so um great to be able to work with that uh, very beautiful music that we have um so yeah it is it is a busy time what we try to do here in in our context is to somehow balance big events like for example advent uh sabbath we have five right um so the orchestra and the choir are very active they are doing 
Handel's Messiah, of course, and we just had a Christmas concert. But this Monday, we are going to have an outdoor concert in front of the window of this little girl, six year old, and uh, she's, you know, fighting cancer. So we're having uh, this, this concert for her, just for her, all of us. And we're also going to um, uh, a shelter because we cannot do prison ministry at this point. So we try to find a balance between big events for everybody and try to be a little more personal for somebody specific that needs some, some joy and some light through music. Well, uh, that warms my heart to hear that you're focused um, not only on uh, uh, audience of, of hundreds and thousands that you usually get, but you're also focused on the individual experience. Can you talk a little bit about what's important to you to communicate through the music that you choose and conduct and arrange and perform during the Christmas season? People talk about love, joy, peace. Tell me what's important for you to communicate. Yeah, well, that, that, that's an excellent question that I think I we need to ask ourselves over and over again, you know, what is the point? Why are we doing this? What do we want to say? And um, what I love about Christmas or the Christmas story is actually how countercultural the story is, you know? So this, this amazing God, he uh, chooses to become human come to our neighborhood, um, make himself flesh, dwell in a dysfunctional family, um, a humble one, and uh, becoming a, an immigrant very soon, persecuted. You know, the, the whole story is so, uh, <laughs> so full of surprises. And, and so uh, I will say um, provocative. Yeah. You know? Provocative because it, it, it just really... Uh, makes you question who is this this God that we worship and how is it that he having all the options in the world he makes this decision um, so I think that's the whole point that we want to portray and communicate through music because I think that's a very important part of who we are as artists you know just challenging the status quo pushing um the establishment trying to understand which are the questions that will help us to keep that biblical narrative um, as original or as healthy theologically sound as possible right so for me that that will be the question that we try to answer every time i i read the magnificat i you know so many questions come to my mind it's like this teenager you know how, how does it feel to be a teenager and to be pregnant being a virgin i mean how does it work delivering a baby being a virgin and and you know how is it that she says yeah so be it um so so many things that are just amazing to to my mind how can we somehow convey that wonder of this amazing story right i, I was that. I love that you use the word provocative there, and uh, you're really thinking about mystery, I think. Uh, that's what I'm hearing here, the mystery of these things that seem outrageous outside of our normal sense of time and space, and yet we are celebrating the miraculous around us. 
Um, you mentioned the Magnificat and the story itself. I'm curious about how you relate to the, the text. And I know that uh, Psalm 104, 33 and 34 is one of your favorites. Uh, why, why do you gravitate towards um, that ver those verses? And what role does do words play in the way that you think about the whole musical experience? Yeah, well, what I'm about to say, I know it will be offensive for many of my colleagues, many of musicians, because we, we love music. Music is such an extraordinary language. I mean, doesn't have to be a language. That's another thing. You can treat music as a language, but in any anyways, it's, uh, it, it stands by itself. Doesn't mean to serve or it's not created to serve anything. However, when, when you explore music in the context of worship, and especially in the biblical narrative, music is functional. So you go to Paul in Colossians 3, for example, he would say, may the word of God dwell, the word, the logos, dwell through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So it's the word that has to dwell through music. It is not the music that has to dwell and then use words, it's just the opposite, right? And if you go to Psalms, I mean, it's all about the poetry. It's all about um, the rhyme and the construction of the text and, and the metaphors. And of course it has music. We don't have that music. We didn't keep that music, um, but, but we still have the lyrics. So the message that we are, that sacred music is, is meant to, convey or communicate is it has a lot to do with the word and and especially in christmas i mean <laughs> jesus is the word made flesh what about that you know he is the verb he is that logos that we want to to spread right so music um especially sacred music so christmas music is not an, not an exception um it, it has to be constructed uh, to support what the words want to say. Mm -hmm. and, and that is important, you know, my, my field in music is composition. And, and when I studied classical contemporary, my professor would, would just not be friendly to that idea. I mean, no, you cannot use music as a servant of the word. That, that's just not, that's not academic, it's not artistic, it just don't do it. But the thing is, musicians, we have a, a tendency to, to just make music stand by itself when it, when it comes to sacred music. And I think we need to review that in the light of scripture. So yes, let's put Magnificat again as an example. There are so many great Magnificats uh, written. I can think of Bach, for example, Johann Sebastian Bach, I mean, he's magnificent. It's just, it's just amazing. But the thing is, it obeys to a certain uh, period. It is written for a certain audience. And of course, it is still a masterpiece. Would that be the best piece to be played or sung um, in a Christmas service, worship service? You know, I think that in a Christmas concert, it may be in a Christmas worship service. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. And you know why? Because in 
okay, this, uh, musicians will, will, will think this is so cheap what I'm saying, but I'm so convinced of what, what I'm saying. Mark Laurie, Mary, did you know? Mm. Has a lot of theology that is, it speaks to ourselves today. You know, you, you sing that song and at the end, I think you it makes you reflect on, oh, interesting, you know, I maybe I, I didn't think about that, um, that Mary would be delivering Jesus and Jesus would deliver Mary. That doesn't, that's an, interest, an interesting concept. If I say that in Latin with a 17th century piece, I don't know if this generation, my generation or our parents will really have the opportunity to reflect on those words. Of course, musically, Bach Magnificat is super interesting, right? And we may, we may find an audience that is um, trained to decode that trespass the, you know, the time factor and we really understand what we are saying. But we have to make an effort to be multicultural, multigenerational in the words we communicate, right? Well, I love this tension that you're um, exploring between a kind of traditional, familiar, important, and contemporary, creative, uh, perhaps to use your word, provocative. How do you kind of straddle these worlds when, what, what tells you that you're on the right track as you're being a true artist and perhaps breaking some boundaries? Hmm. Well, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Um, uh, I think that going back to the biblical narrative is, is crucial. Just remember what is it that we believe in and uh, how can we, one more time, communicate that in a way that can be understood. You know, there is a theologian that I, I love, Pharaoh Capon, Robert Pharaoh Capon, and he says, uh, Jesus is a living parable. If you want to understand Jesus, keep your eyes and your ears open to what he says through what he does. And I love that. And I think we can do that through music. We, religion, you know, at this point in history, um, the organized religion is so, uh, I, I think we need rebranding, really, you know, it's so, so devaluated that uh, how can we say this beautiful truth in a way that can be validated, can be understood? So I, I, I think that we need to take into account the fact that we have taken this message and now it is domesticated and it, it, it is a part of a museum, right? Um, and we have to take it from there and make it fresh and just try to, try to bring the Jesus factor on it, the freshness, the revolution, you know, the, the, um, I would say the, yeah, one more time, maybe provocative is, is the word. Um, so how can we do that? Honestly, I don't know. I have tried so many ways and I have failed like epically, you know? So I'll tell you what I'm doing nowadays. What I do is try to pray more about it. Try to really understand that this is not my battle. I mean, there's no way I can do it, do this right. You know, find a way to convey the God's message today in a way that people would accept. I, I, I think that's more the Holy Spirit role than mine, you know what I mean? So that, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, I just try to spend more time in reflection and listening 
and and being honest with God and understanding my limitations and just understanding as well that this is his thing is his story at the end. So um, that's what I'm doing. I try to listen, listen to to God, listen to His word, listen to my colleagues. We work together. Uh, listen to people. So it's more it's more about listening than anything else. In my case, at least. Well, as a musician and as an audience member, I appreciate what you're saying there because listening is so important, not just to the experience of having music performed and appreciated and understood, but it's really about human communication. Um, you speaking about humans, you know, I think the holiday season is such a nice mix of the local. We're talking about this very local event, small town, Bethlehem, that has global impact. And, you know, so much of the language is about the brotherhood, the sisterhood of humanity, peace on earth. Um, you have uh, traveled around the globe. You have spent time, of course, in South America, Europe. You've taught in the American South at Oakwood University, up in the upper Midwest, in at Andrews University and at Loma Linda University. Um, geographically, what have you learned as you've traveled around and experienced all these different cultures? And what sort of insights does that bring into the way that you think about um, music and use words like revolutionary as you uh, try to explore the deep truth in the Christian faith? Yeah, you know, um, when I was a kid in Uruguay, I was, I was born in Uruguay, I remember um, uh, looking at the sky and seeing these planes, and I, I would dream about flying. And I always dreamed about just, uh, you know, touring and, and traveling the world. And, and I am so happy God gave me that that opportunity. Is I, I just laugh. I just laugh. And I think that traveling and knowing people, knowing cultures, listening, um, it, it really, really changes you, you know, it's really transformational. And, and I remember when I was in Spain, and I, I went to the south of Spain, Andalusia, because my husband is, is from there, and his family is, is Catholic, and they love flamenco. Mm. Um, that's very popular in Southern Spain. So I went to celebrate Christmas with them by the first time and I brought my guitar and, and I remember I told them, Hey, do you want me to sing some Christmas girls? And, and they were just looking at me like, sure. So I was like, night with my guitar. And they said, that's nice. Next thing they were like, just dancing flamenco all around with this so gorgeous bride uh songs you know full of rhythm in, in trinkety i was like oh wow this is you know why did i just sing that i had no idea that's the way they celebrate when we went to oakwood oakwood i think of uh, out of all places it's been the most amazing the most uh transformative because how they sing with all they are, you know, with, with, with their emotions, with their bodies, with the, the, their history. So when they are singing, give me Jesus, for example, uh, it is more than a song. It's a statement. And it makes them feel like I am a child of God, no matter what. And this is 
yeah, this is my identity. My song is my identity, right? And that is why I love so much Psalm 103 and 104, you know, because David says that all that I am, everything, I just bring everything when I worship, um, who I am, who I am not, um, everything, I just bring it. And that surrender uh, that that I saw at Oakwood, it, it was just life-changing. I thought that worship and music was more about my contribution, you know, uh, I, I had practice and this is my offering to you. And then I, rem- I realized that eh, not really, it's more about my surrender, you know, it's more about just being here, being present in God's presence and let's see what happens, you know, let's see where the spirit leads me. That was so new to me that it was just some, uh, totally life-changing for me and, and, and for my family, for my kids, for my husband. And uh, another thing that David says in, in, in Psalm 104, verse 24, and I love it, it says, um, oh Lord, what a variety of things you have made, you know? And then he talks about small and big, different colors. And there are many Psalms, not, all, not only David, you know, there are some, some other Psalmists that they talk about the diversity of God's creation. It's not that God tolerates diversity. He creates, he takes delight in different sounds and colors and shapes and, and tastes. So um, I love that. And I think that when we when we um, think about Adventism and how, I would say how not welcoming to diversity we have been in the past, and, and we still have issues with accepting uh, diversity um, and how, how how that is very human, you know, it's just something coming out of our human nature, not of God's self-giving, um, creative character. So I think that that's what I have learned in this journey. And I, I try to keep learning. How can I understand you? And how can we implement, integrate you in, in what we do because we're better when we worship together. Now, worship is individual, it's also corporate, but when we come as, a, as the body of Christ, um, we want to see that. We want to see different parts of uh, his, his body together and in harmony. Well, I love the vision that you're uh, laying out there about the importance of diversity and um, the role that that plays in community, actually strengthening community. I really enjoyed talking with you today, Adriana, and I'm so glad that you're part of the Adventist community and using your incredible talents to bless all of us and and bless uh, the divine that we all seek to understand better. Uh, It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. It's it's been my pleasure to, to be here and thank you for your Spectrum ministry. We love it. Yes, I do, Sister White. We will not fear.